Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the Are You Listening podcast. Uh, I'm here with my friend Scott. Scott, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? How are you feeling today? Feeling good? I'm doing all right. You're not feeling overly negative about this album that may or may not have put you in that mindset i will not specify at the top of this episode okay okay <laughs> today uh on the are you listening podcast we are covering the acacia strains album wormwood and this was brought to scott by me so just to run down some of the history of the band off the top and i want to i want to get through this fast because I'm, I'm excited to talk to scott about this album i'm very excited to talk <laughs> to you about this album i'm excited to talk to you about it the acacia strain are a metalcore band originally from chicopee massachusetts metalcore that's what their that's what their genre is listed as metalcore is their genre specifically yeah. because there was a an interview during an early time of the band when deathcore was just starting mm -hmm. and the lead singer vincent bennett was asked about deathcore and he said do not call us deathcore that's the same kids that did new metal you see the same kids it's the same shit he's like we are not deathcore oh wow okay and that that was kind of when Deathcore still had that negative connotation. It was before, I think it was Suicide Silence who who like took it and said, "No, yeah, we're Deathcore." Oh, okay. The band initially formed in two thousand one. There were high school friends, and they had a band called Septic Orgasm. Wow, that was that, that that's the name of a high school band if I've ever heard one. Yeah, one hundred percent. And they wanted to take their band to the next level, so they hired another high school friend. Uh, he becomes a longtime member and eventual producer on this DL. He was injured playing football at some point after he joined. Oof. And Vincent, the lead singer, got his other friend to fill in, uh, Daniel DuPond. So they became a three guitarist band once DL came back because they didn't want him to leave. Oh, okay. So they, they had three guitarists on their first album. Okay. This record is their what? Fifth. This is their fifth record. Okay. This is their fifth. All right. Their first album was And Life is Very Long in 2002. Okay. And in that one, you will hear the the triple guitarists. I mean, it's super technical. It's it's metalcore before metalcore was kind of doing things like metalcore. Like, O2 is early for metalcore. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think back to O2. A lot of problems with the Acacia Strain image, if you will, mm -hmm. are they were they were lumped in with a lot of other bands that started doing this sound when they were kind of doing it differently themselves Beforehand. for a while. Like yeah. they got lumped into bands that they may even have influenced. So we had and life is very long in O2. In O4, they put out 3750, which is steering more towards the sound you hear on this. They they definitely have a their own kind of sound away from and life is very long some people don't even consider and life is very long an acacia strain record that's how different it is okay because of the technicalities of the three guitarists working together or something else i just think it's because you can kind of you can easily hear a connective sound from 3750 onward okay whereas and life is very long is not the same sound you you could find it if you're listening to it critically but i think if you put and life is very long up against even 3750 you would be like wow this is way different okay because you got me interested in the first one speaking about the technicality of it because you know me i'm i love like the math core type stuff like super yes. intricate crazy yes i knew that this three guitarist thing would strike you because oh yeah i'm, I'm down <laughs> i'm sure you hear in wormwood it's clearly one guitarist I was going to ask you about that because there were times where I thought I picked up a second one, like a second guitarist. I, I think I think we'll get to that when we hit production. Probably. Because this, uh, I mean, I guess I'll spill it before I even say the rest. This is one of the best produced albums I've ever heard. This thing is is produced into the ground. It's produced. Like there's, <laughs> to, to the, there's a sharp corner on every edge of this that this thing was, there's not a, there's not a part of a track on this album that was not touched for 15 20 minutes a pop true it felt like it. it it's so clean it sounds so clean this was produced by zeus are you familiar with zeus he just goes no. by zeus z-e-u-s-s -S. no idea who that is he produced it engineered mixed and mastered it he was all in on this one this is his album right. now he has also done half a dozen records for shadows fall he's done half a dozen records for hate breed He's done. Uh, that, you know what? That's so crazy because when I listened to this for the first time, I was like, this sounds like a hate breed record to me. Do you want to know why it sounded like a hate breed record to you other than production? Sure. Because Jamie Jost's vocals are on that first track, Beast. Get out of here. Yeah. Jamie Jost is featured on Beast. Zeus is also produced for All That Remains, Sworn Enemy, Agnostic Front, Throwdown, Madball, Terror, Iron Dissonance, Stick to Your Guns, and has to be mentioned, Emir. And I know you don't know anything about why that's important to say right now. I don't. But I have to. It's very important that Zeus has also produced Emir. Maybe we'll do a, a mini episode at some point, just you and I. So mm -hmm. I could I could just fill you in on the whole rivalry. Oh, yeah. You did say something about that. Acacia Strain said Emir ripped them off, like totally ripped off their sound. They put it in a track on an album. Yeah. And then Amir came back with another track back to them. And it's it it was a wild. And I guess it came to blows. Like the lead singer Whoa. Vincent and the lead singer Frankie actually fought at a show. Oh man, that's wild. For, for the time, like that kind of stuff wasn't happening in music really. And yeah. if it was, it was blown out of proportion. Whereas this one actually came to blows. That's crazy. You did mention another band in that list that I thought I heard a little bit of on this record too. You mentioned Madball. Yes. 
Uh, and there was a track on here that reminded me of Madball too. And I would just say that that's probably the 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 hardcore influence, like, yeah. Because they have the metal and the hardcore. They're clearly a hardcore band, and they're also clearly a metal band. Like yeah. it's hard to it's hard to nail this album down somewhere. Well, you can nail it down, but it, it's too heavy; it'll break the nail out. One hundred percent. Jumping back to their albums, and uh, Life Isn't Very Long, O two, thirty seven fifty, and O four. The Dead Walk came out in O six. And that is kind of around the time where I started to like really get into them. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I like this sound. I'm I'm a fan of this. Okay. And then I, w- I went back to 3750 and that blew my mind. And then I think I went back to In Life Is Very Long. And at that time, I was not into the technicality at yeah, all. Not I was just it. like, okay, it's fine. Sure. But then after the Dead Walk comes Continent in 08. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw them once or twice on the cycle for that album oh wow. so that that album's big for me gotcha this album is so crushing it's unbelievable yes it's unrelentingly heavy right out of the gate with the beast it starts with that like that dissonant screeching horn type sound yeah and there's one of those on like all the albums maybe even cont maybe even dead walk on and what they opened a show with the beast and that sound is ringing for like a minute before they really get into it. Yeah. So you're just like, you're building up and you're just getting so amped. And then the moment that that riff crushes, everything crushes. Yeah. We are all from broken homes. Everybody's dead. Like all, all my nose, my nose is broken. (laughs) My shoulders popped out of socket. It's, it was madness. I've never felt, a, a mosh pit more than to the beginning of beast <laughs> it was so brutal released july 20th 2010 on prosthetic records the the band lineup for this album is vincent bennett on vocals and you'll notice i say vincent every time yeah uh, b- because in a song on continent i believe it's continent there is a verse where he says and if you call me vince one more time i'll rip your fucking head off whoa <laughs> okay so he's he's always been vincent, vincent from the on out <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to botch this last name and I, I i i always do i even tried to listen to how to say it properly um it's dl daniel dl laskovitz mm. okay it's it's l a s k i e w i c z it's one of those ones that I, the C's and the Z's really throw me for a loop. Right. He's, uh, he's guitar on this album. He did the, some programming for this album and he did some backing vocals. Jack Strong on bass and then Kevin Butote on drums. I think it's Butote. B-O-U-T-O-T. It could be Butote. It wasn't until listening to this album critically for this podcast that I realized how pivotal and important and how much all these drums on this album mean to me because I know how much drums mean to you so I, I when I'm listening to something for the show I'm listening to the drums on like a whole run through basically that's so crazy that's so wild that it became that yeah <laughs> that that's what our show is and his I mean, there's there's moments on this where his drums are the only thing driving it basically and it's and it's it's wild to me like I didn't think they meant I've told you what three episodes ago the drums really don't matter to me i just know a certain few yeah this album is clear that that's not true and that the drums obviously mean a lot to me that's it because they're so precise everything's so precise we'll get there at the time the hot 100 number one song was california girls by Katy perry and snoop dogg oh my and the billboard 200 number one album was recovery by eminem jesus both of those things are wildly different 
from each other and from this record. I got a couple reviews here real quick. I got the first one from allmusic.com. Okay. Gregory Heaney gave it 3.5 stars. He said, and I quote, this is an album that's designed to fuel the fire until the only option left is catharsis, making for an album that's sure to destroy the kids in the pit, but isn't going to be your first choice for something to kick back and unwind with. That's not untrue. It's a very fair, fair opinion. And I like the idea of you just fuel the fire until it's catharsis. Because I yeah. think that's what this is, too. Like, Vincent can't get this out anywhere else. If, right. if Vincent couldn't get this out, we all may be in trouble. Right. <laughs> yes. Because all, all lyrics are written by Vincent, by the way. I was wondering. I want to give that dude a big hug and ask who heard him. Whenever they are performing, it is a very negative exp- Like, you know how, let me, uh, like, August Burns Red. Yeah. How when when they do a live show, they play their heavy shit and then they're like jumping around in like short shorts and tight shirts, telling people like laughing and giggling. Yeah. And that's not the way that this band is. That's this not band that. in between tracks, Vincent is saying, I want to see blood. Oh wow. Like wild shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a definite experience. And I think it's that, you know, fueling the fire until there's catharsis. I loved that statement about this album. Yeah. And then to juxtapose that with a different review here a different I don't, review. yeah i don't know if this is a bit i, I couldn't tell it's angry metal guy.com okay i don't know if it's like his he, he wants to hate everything if it's a character or oh, if okay. that's just what his name is i'm not sure right but he gave it a 1.0 whoa out of 5.0 ouch and with a subtitle puts me to sleep no get out of here and here's here's the review and i quote i've never seen them before it's just a bunch of riffs linked together that all build a bridge between mind-numbing breakdown after mind-numbing breakdown. The sound is thick, stupid, and boring. It might as well be drone for all the inventiveness and excitement happening on this stuff. Don't buy this record. Wow. Maybe it's a character, but I felt like it needed to be in here as a juxtaposed review. Sure, but it, I, I don't think that's a fair review at all. That's not a legitimate review. That's just a dude trying to shit on whatever for some reason. The one thing I think I could say maybe for that guy is if it was real, maybe he was not listening on something that had enough depth because there's a lot of stuff that happens on this on different layers. Yeah, I I get into that on my my track by track, too. I think a lot of it might sound just like noise if he's listening on just old computer speakers. That's a possibility. And the low end on this thing is so low. Oof, yeah, it is. When I do spin this, I have to turn my bass off. Like, it's it's disgusting. Yeah, that makes sense. It shouldn't... It, I, okay, it should, because I do fucking love it. <laughs> but it shouldn't be that low. But it also should. But it shouldn't. <laughs> right. This album is 12 tracks, 47 minutes and 32 seconds. Right. Did this album feel 47 minutes to you? No. It felt shorter to me. It felt real short. It felt like 32, like a like a like an EP almost. Like yeah. it felt it, this thing runs. I mean, it did until the last track. I, I'm a, I'm gonna throw that out there. Like it, it felt short until the last track, which I think was on purpose. But we'll obviously we'll get yeah there. We'll, yeah we'll get there. I mean hell, we already talked about Beast a little bit. So yeah. let's jump into that Beast featuring Jamie Josta opening track, which you didn't know was featuring Jamie Josta. I did not know that, and now that I know that, that's super rad. I already said the opening dissonance sound is um, incredible live and then it shifting into we all come from broken homes is yeah. fantastic that's what i want to ask how much of the vocals did you pick up without lyrics all of it i had it all i i i, I think we 
you and I have a similar ear when it comes to metal vocals. But it also sounds like there is a, a definitive effort to make them sound clear. He, he does enunciate better than most metal vocalists yes. along these lines. Uh, so maybe that's why I was able to pick it up so easily. Because um, I'll, I'll, I'll admit there are bands that I'm like, what did he just say? For like the last seven minutes, no idea. Same here. But on on this record, I had no no problems. And before we get into the track rundown, the only other Acacia Strain album you heard was last year's Slow Decay, correct? Yes. Yeah. And can you see the through line from this to that? I mean, you may not remember Slow Decay. I was going to say, I, I can't remember super well, but I mean, there's, there's definitely a sonic similarity because I remember listening to Slow Decay and being like, holy crap, this is heavy. Like, this is heavier than it has a right to be. Yes, which is what you could say about most of their albums. And this one is, I I wrote down that this is quite possibly the most angry and heavy record I have ever heard. You know how happy it made you when I said I even liked Megadeth? Yeah. You could say that and then shit on this thing for 20 minutes and I'd be perfectly happy. Like, that's all I wanted to hear because this album, it, it is unbelievably heavy. Yeah, it is. It's just... It's crazy how crushed I feel while I listen to this record. Like almost to the point where I'm like claustrophobic. It just keeps slamming you down and pressing you against the floor. Yeah. So I guess we'll get into it now. What else you got to me about Beast? Uh, Beast. I don't really understand what he means by my life is like a shooting range. (laughs) You know, is he the one shooting or the one being shot at? I guess it could work either way. But yeah, that that's a that's a line in this song. I love the effect of switching the drowning out from left to right in the. Mm -hmm. So I was listening in earbuds most of the time when I wasn't listening in the car. But I love it when bands do that. Like it's not it's not a difficult thing to do. It's just a, a phaser in the editing that you can just switch from one speaker to the other. But I love it when bands do that. It makes me feel so much more immersed in the song or in the music just because I feel like it's like swirling around me at that point. And You're surrounded by it. You're dude, I love it. Like that's just such an easy thing for any band to do or any, any artist, like a pop singer could do that. And I'd be, I'd be stoked on it just because I love that effect. And I need to ask at the beginning with that sound, I know you were expecting heaviness yeah. but when that sound. And then there's that spoken word part where it's, you know, whatever needs to be done, you do it. If somebody needs to be killed, you kill them. There's yeah, no was, wrong. You do it. When, when she said that, I was like, Oh shit, what am I getting into here? Imagine being in a pit when that is on. Oh, dude, no way. One of the times on the, because I saw them, like I said, I saw them twice on the continent cycle. I also, I think I saw them twice on the Swarmwood cycle also. So I saw these these tracks all played live, basically. Right. One of the times they were touring with Terror, and I don't know if you've ever seen a Terror show. Nope. Or interacted with Terror fans. No. They are not happy about anything. So, like, it works. But then they're also (laughs) mad if you're not there for Terror. So the oh, whole night in the yeah. pit, it was terror fans versus everybody else. Yeah. It, it was just, a, it was a fight. It was a fist fight the entire night, no matter what band was on. Yeah, it was I've, been insane. To, I've been to shows like that, and that's just so off-putting. Terror fans are wild. I, I, I won't say a word about them. <laughs> I won't say a bad <laughs> word about them. Terror fans are wild. Um, second track, we have The Hills Have Eyes. And this was one of the singles. They put out a video for it. Okay. 
I don't know if you saw the video. I did not go looking for any videos. I think it might be for the better because a lot of their videos are like comedic premises with gotcha. the heavy music behind them. So I think it may have given you a different idea. I was going to say it probably would have thrown me off then. So yeah, it is probably for the better that I didn't see any of the videos. My biggest thing about this track, which continues on through other songs, is there's a moment in this where it like stops and you hear the riff almost behind like a wall of grit almost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it plows through and that riffs in your face. That's yeah. one of my favorite things in the world where yeah. you like hear it off to the back and then it just runs through you. I right. love that so much. Yeah, they do it well. And in a couple of these songs, too, I noticed that I've I refer to this album sometime as low and slow. Like this album is slower than their previous albums, and Vincent is is his vocals are deeper. Like there's an effort to make them deeper than past albums. Yeah, okay. And it's also the first album where Vincent tried messing with rhyming. Like the rest of the albums, he's there's no rhyming. It's just more oh, wow, of a hardcore okay. a hardcore style delivery. Sure. Maybe things here sound the same, different, but this is the first one where he went out to try to do the rhyming. Yeah, I did want like when I asked you what genre they were classified as and you said metalcore i did wonder because there are parts of this record that feel very doomy mm -hmm. um the very slow sludgy i did feel that a bit on this record and I, that's why i was curious what they were classified as because they are horrorcore like at least on this record because there's a lot of there's a lot of violence on this record well, i mean that could just be death metal though it it could be but i think the reason i went that way with it is because the sludginess and the hardcore feel to some of these songs that made me go that way. But I'm cool with calling them metalcore, whatever they want to be called. I, I'm, I'm good with it's just they're they're different. Once you have 10 albums out, I think you're just the band. that you You're are. just Acacia Strain. That's it. Yeah. Like you, you can be put whatever you want. But a lot of people also refer to this album as being like the realization of the mission statement. Like they like they were leading up to this with everything. And this okay. is the album that they have wanted to make because it is so heavy and it gotcha. is just absolutely crushing. Right. I normally say that listen to it for yourself to form your own opinions. I say that to everybody. Right. But if you're not into heavy music, you might as well not even try because oh, no. you're not you're you're not going to enjoy this. Yeah, I would not take this to Emily or Lucas. <laughs> Like this. Oh, here's here's the wild thing. Yeah. Tara doesn't like this music. Like, it's not her bread and butter. Sure. She has been with me to every Acacia Strain show. She loves it. Wow. She wild. loves Acacia Strain. Wow. A, a, some of it may have been the, like, uh, it's not super early in our relationship, but it is a little bit. Yeah, I like that. It's cool. We'll go see it. Oh, them. yeah, yeah. But I think the live experience she enjoyed more. I think, sure. I think especially Acacia Strain, when they put on a show, you, you hear the songs differently. You're like, oh, that's what this is for. Gotcha. You got anything else for Hills Have Eyes? These drums are frantic, driving, and phenomenal. Yes. The beginning of this track was just amazing. I didn't expect the drums to be the way they are on this track coming off of the first track. Like, don't get me wrong. The drums on Beast um, were great, but they weren't front and center in the track they they were doing what drums always do they drive the song forward nothing flashy nothing showy they get you there yeah this track completely different the drums out front and center unrelenting just pounding you in the friggin face i loved the drums on this track loved them the snare snap 
the 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 tone of the snare is like a gunshot every time yeah. you hear it. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so good. The line, if I believed in God, I would call you the Antichrist. That that line was just that was that was so great. Like I was like that that might be my favorite line off this record. There's other moments during this record where it's a very almost cookie cutter lyric. Like you've heard it before. Sure. Yeah. That was it's, actually the be- in the beast. Um, there was the first time I heard it. We, we all come from broken homes, yes. broken hearts and broken bones. Yes. After he said homes, I was like, I know what's coming up next. You know, bones. Is I know 100% broken bones is going to be at the end of the next line. I sang, I sang along to it. Yeah. The and first time. The first time, like I, I just knew it was going to happen. And it's funny because we were riding in the car, Lucas and I, and he, and he goes, you know, this song, I was like, nope. <laughs> okay. So now that we pulled back that curtain, what was your son's opinion and how long did it last before you turned it off? It didn't last the for a, for a full first song. Uh, so already he doesn't like screaming vocals. Okay. He's yes. not a fan. He, he doesn't pick up on it either. So he doesn't, he didn't pick up on the lyrics of it or anything like that. He just, he hears that, that tone and kind of zones out. Yeah, that's fair. Are we done with those advice? We got some, we got more. I love the anvil hits at the end of this track. They're kind of slight in the background toward at the, at like the outro of it, but you can hear them. I love it when a band takes, it might not necessarily be like a found sound, but I love when they incorporate stuff like that into their music. BTM FDR, which yes. do, you, do you get it? Bottom feeder? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Guess how long it took me to get it. How long? I owned a hoodie with it on. Oh, wow. I didn't understand what it was. <laughs> wow. Okay. It hit me one day. I was like, BTM b- b- bottom feeder. Oh, there it is. Shit. <laughs> right. Um, no, I just, for this one, I was like, this dude really, really doesn't like this person. That That's all I have for that one. That was an angry track. Essentially from Continent, it's like a world shattering anger and violence. Mm. And then in Wormwood, it's like that is aimed through a scope at one singular person. Right. It's yeah. the same. It's the same aggression but just in a pinpoint nailing through somebody. It's yeah. wild. That's that's what it felt like, at least with that track in particular. I was like, he is targeting one person specifically for this track, and he does not like them. In this album, there's a lot of really wild sounds and like neat stuff floating around the rhythm section the whole track, like yeah. just kind of floating around. And then Vincent's vocals actually like join in with the rhythm section. And then it comes back out and they join together again for like the beat down breakdowns. I, yeah. I just, I love this track. It's, I love all these tracks. I guess I, I could say that up front. <laughs> no, I never would have thought that. All right. Uh, next up, Ramirez. Uh, I'm a big sucker for a good guitar string scrape and bend. And this track does both of them beautifully. The scraping at the beginning. Love it. Going through the riff. I want to say it was like the second or third time through. He does a bend towards the end of it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's great. One guitarist when they came from Which is wild because I I swear it sounds like there's two. Now that I'm thinking about it, it, it there probably is layering because uh, there's a ton of layering in this entire record. That production, man. Yeah, but I think maybe because it's so heavy, I imagine they tune the guitars super low that it aligns really well with the bass. But yeah, the guitar work in the background during the Hail Mary section is pretty fantastic as well. The, like I said, with the layering on this record, mm-hmm. you can, in this record, not this song in particular, 
but there's a point where Vincent is doing vocals and I kind of zone out from his vocals mm-hmm. because the guitar work in the background is so awesome. Yeah. I, I don't have another word for it, but it's just, it's so good that I tune out of his vocals and listen more to the guitar work as a background feature. It's wild that his vocals are so upfront and so audible like you can hear all of them but yeah. then all that stuff is there and you can separate his vocals and kind of move them into the rhythm section and then listen to what else is going on yeah it is pretty crazy my thing for ramirez is that spoken word part mm. where um this world is a graveyard i get chills every time yeah i get chills every time where it's like uh, this world is a graveyard and then again it's cookie cutter lyric but like i don't give a fuck yeah and on the fuck how it's like programmed to like break up almost mm-hmm. that is chef's kiss chef's kiss to me i love <laughs> that so much i terminated terminated uh the cyber effect on the vocals kind of took me out of it until okay. i focused on the drums Mm-hmm. and the faint guitar work behind it i dig that on face value it sounds so simple but there are some real layers to some of these songs this track is where i picked up on those layers really and it might have been because i kind of picked up on the guitar work in the background from ramirez but yeah. this is where like like i really got it okay. i really got it on this track this track also does that thing that hills have eyes did but the drums joined in instead of just the riff being behind that wall of static the Mm -hmm. drums and the riff were behind it and then they both plowed through right and i think that's what makes me see these the 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 layers too because you because there's like a clear expression of this is behind a layer of something now it's in front of a layer of something so i think my mind's more open to hearing the other layers all right nightman nightman uh that line about his father really made me feel bad for him yeah, the not with a bang with a whimper, super cookie cutter, kind of cheesy, slightly. But I think this is the only way it could have been done. Like it's done with so much heaviness around it that I'm like, okay, I'll I'll cut you slack on that one. Right. This track made me start to psychoanalyze this entire album and wonder <laughs> if all of its anger stems from him losing his dad. And I think the way that you use t- sad music to mm-hmm. get through your shit. This that, like Acacia Strain and this, this I this does the same thing for me as the sad music does for you. Like you get in a mindset and then you get through it. I think this is the same for me where it can help me get in and out of a mindset. Right. Maybe not maybe not healthy, but it's what happens. Quite possibly not, but you know, as long as you're not out there killing people, I'm good with it. As long as Vincent's making music, we're all safe. <laughs> Once he stops, the world is a garbage fire. Uh, all right, Impaler. Impaler. Again with the layers. There's kind of a horror-themed song going on in the background during the first verse that is so amazing. And then during the break between between Rip You to Shreds and the chorus, the guitar phasing from left to right and the earbuds is great. The guitar screech during the chorus is so off-putting, it's phenomenal. I think there's a really sneaky killer riff in this song. Like there's there's a there's a sneaky, almost funky killer riff. That's that that's that um that horror movie yeah. theme. That I, that I just mentioned in the background. You don't yeah. catch it at first, but once you no. get there, you're like, oh man, this is totally something I could have heard on Friday the 13th or Halloween yeah. or yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, Street, one of them. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It wasn't until listening to this for this show that I listened to it and really got in that riff. I was like, wow, that is, yeah. that is real good. That yeah, is it real is good. real good. All right, Jonestown. This is the one where I got the mad ball feelings. Do you know who the second vocalist on this track is? It is Kyle Chard from Born Low. 
Okay, I was gonna say because it's definitely not Vincent. Yeah, and I missed who I missed the other track on Nightman. Um, we had guest vocals by uh, Bruce LePage from A Hundred Demons. Okay, I didn't catch that one. Vincent also has a hardcore shout type scream he can do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes you'll hear an Acacia Strait song and it sounds like somebody else, but it's him. The line "I wouldn't mind you, I wouldn't mind if you never woke up again, goodbye, my friend" is a wild line. Yes. Like, I don't think I would ever say that to any of my friends. That That's crazy. And just to get right to the point in this track, I hate everything you love. Yeah. I was like, oh, you're saying this to people that are loving your music. You're not beating around the bush. Wow. Uh, Bay of Pigs? Bay of Pigs. I am here for this entire intro. The phrasing when he says no one is coming back for you is placed perfectly in the song, and the guitar work is great. That one line didn't fit the rest of the entire record like he has a certain way his phrasing hits in a song Mm -hmm. that i i at this point was comfortable with and then he says that no one is coming back for you i was like that that was one of those things like the french hit you in megadeth yes that hit me it's such a slight change not even a change just a slight different view of the tempo that he had when he said that line you want to know what it is i can i could probably reveal to you what it is it's sure. this this one is more a typical acacia strain song up to this point there's not a lot of rhyming until the chorus yeah the verses aren't rhyming on this one right most of the most of the other lyrics on this album were rhyming up until this point yeah so i think that that's why it took you so aback because you were expecting a rhyme quite and he just he said guess what <laughs> not today nah. Not on this one. <laughs> Again, another one of the, I guess it's not really a spoken word part, but there's a moment in this track that's so thematic to me. Like I put this this scene hand in hand with this album and it's the, I walk to the gallows. My mother begins to cry. Yeah. I spit upon the crowd. You're all going to fucking die. Dude, I heard that and my mind was like, whoa. Like th- my my mind did a lot of whoa on this record. It still might be the heaviest lyric i've ever heard it's so crazy because <laughs> i just see him walking in like ropes up to the gallows yeah. and spitting on the crowd and right. like yeah you know you're gonna die and he's just yelling like it's unbelievably sadistic and yeah. just this whole record is misanthropic it's wild <laughs> yeah the carpathian i don't really have much to say about this one it wasn't bad it yeah. just nothing nothing struck me if there is a filler track on this album i'd say that's so. kind of how i felt about this one it fits in well like it, it has that it has the there's an intro behind a wall of static again yeah. and then it comes through and it, it fits the album but yeah it's just, just kind of like all right it was there i don't think it was necessary like i said nothing stuck out to me as as amazing or yeah nothing really grabbed me with this one i'm not saying it's bad yeah. it, it went with the record perfectly i just mm. don't know that it was needed that's fair unabomber I tend to agree with their view on people's reliance on technology. Oh, yeah. It's a big one in this out. It's a big one on this track. Maybe not to the extent that they kind of went to, but dependency is commonplace. Mm. Uh, yeah, I feel that. And the end really kind of drags on this track. But you could say that that dragging was to lead us into the closing track, Tactical Nuke. Oh, yeah. Which, by all means, go ahead. Give me your uh, Tactical Nuke rundown here. And then I'll tell you my interpretation. Okay. Halfway through this track, I thought to myself, oh, uh, we're, we're still going. But just just slower now. Did you, when you were listening to this, did you look at the 
like were you looking at the track time or length or were you just listening to it i was just listening perfect that's that's the way you need to experience this this track because to me Mm -hmm. it opens up kind of soothing and i know that sounds weird that is but it's 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 soothing because it's you know what you're expecting for the first two or three like you hear it and then it's 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 smooth and and the production obviously makes this thing smooth right but then every time they repeat the riff it's slowed down half time Every single time it's slowed down halftime. It's done. It's slowed down halftime. It's done again. It's slowed down halftime. It's done again. It's slowed down halftime from that. And it gets to the point where it opened up soothing, soothing's in quotes. Yeah. And then it puts you at a, like you're unease. Like you don't, you're, you're at a state of unrest because you don't know if it's coming again. Yeah. The length, the length in between the riffs changes again they slow it down half time so yeah. it's it's there's a longer distance in between the riffs and then by the end by the last one you're like this has to be the last one and then there's four more that are even slower the, yeah and then and then at the end of the last one i found myself waiting for yes. it to go again and you're just anxious you're just like is this it is this it and that's the crazy thing because like i said halfway through this i was like jesus christ is this done yet but then <laughs> at the end of it i was like and 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 nope it's okay that's the record there is a definite point in it though where it slows down to a point where it's not even like recognizable as the the beat anymore essentially like it's so slow yeah that you hear and you're like i i know what this used to sound like i think sure it didn't sound like this right yeah (laughs) yeah it was a wild way to to end a record and it did it did make me uneasy. Yeah. And I think that was the aim. Yeah. At the end, I was like, okay, one more time. Yeah. The last one rings out and you're like, okay, okay. It's coming. Yeah. And then nothing. And, and then I was just like, what do I do with the rest of my day? Like, cause I, I don't know where to go from here. It's very hard to listen to multiple Acacia Strain albums in one day. Let's put it that way. It's, it's even hard to listen to one album multiple times during the day because there's such a, there's a vibe. We'll go yeah. with a vibe. I love throwing vibe around. There's a definite vibe that could put you in a mindset that is not the best. Oh yeah. No, this, I, I did listen to this multiple times. And you were trying to fight your coworkers. And I no, I was just like, I had to make a conscious effort to just be like, I don't hate everything. I don't want everybody to die. In between, I got to the point, I think it was probably Tuesday, where I listened to this thing on a loop. And I, I think I ran through it three times. And I was like, I need something else. And then I I slid into my record of the week, which we'll get to. Um, completely different vibe. But instead of going from that palate cleanser back into the Acacia Strain record, I had to get like a palette renewer. Yeah. Like an in-between. So I listened to The Valley by Whitechapel. Like I was okay. like, I gotta get in, I gotta ease myself back into this. Imagine, say you don't know who Acacia Strain is. Yeah. And somebody, and, but you know who Whitechapel is, you know The Valley. Sure. Yeah. And somebody walks up to you and you're like, hey, listen to this album, but listen to White Cha- listen to Whitechapel's Valley first, just to, just to get you near where you need to be. See, that would be so wild. <laughs> like, it is. That's absolutely insane. But that's, but that's the truth of it. Like, if you want to not be just thrown headfirst into the deep end of an empty pool. Full of, like, spikes and maggots. Yes, you need to go into this. Like, you need to step into this. An in-between. Okay, let's go um, bookend test. Okay. We go The Beast yeah. to ta- Tactical Nuke. And that's that's a crazy, that's a crazy difference to me. Not only because that Tactical Nuke is mostly an instrumental. I mean, Which, by the way, you, you, always, you always tell me that you don't know my opinion on instrumental tracks. 
I love Tactical Nuke. Okay. But th- that's that's such a wild that's such a wild instrumental track because I'm used to Orion where there's mm-hmm. actually different parts. Yeah. In the song. There there will be instrumental tracks later m- most notably on Acacia Strain's Coma Witch. Yeah. The entire D side is a 16 minute long instrumental. Oh my lord. <laughs> but yeah, a huge difference. You go from that very hardcore feeling on the first track of Beast and then to a very doomy vibe on Tactical Nuke. The first time I heard Tactical Nuke, the first time I heard it without the context of the order of the album, like mm-hmm. I think I would I, I used to just shuffle Acacia Strain and listen to everything. Right. Yeah. I would I heard Tactical Nuke and the first three or four times I'm like, "Oh my god, this is sick." And then I would be like, this can't get heavier. And then it would. And yeah. <laughs> I, there is there is that point where I, I think Tactical Nuke shows me where that balance is because there is a moment to me where it stops getting, it's not as heavy because it starts sounding odd. Yeah. And I think, I think, but also I think that's, you know, the intent. And this thing is, right. this thing was produced into the ground. There, this, there was not a oh, yeah. part of this that wasn't touched. And I love it. This is the cleanest metal production can be. It still has a bite that dissonance to be that clean is crazy. Like yeah. to have a, just the dissonant sound be that clean, but make it feel dirty is yeah. wild. Yeah. All the respect in the world for Zeus, man. Yeah. The, his work on this is phenomenal. Did you, or did you not have problems with any of the lyrics repetition or any of the things like that? There was, I mean, throughout the record, there was a lot of repetition going on, but everybody does it. So repetition, I don't usually have a problem with it. I'll tell you okay. the one thing I do have a problem with rhyming a word with itself. I, no, I'm there with you. And there was a little bit of that on one of these tracks. You shouldn't be outside yes. in your condition. Yes. She shouldn't be walking in her yeah. condition. Yeah. I was like, Oh, come on, dude. Like, don't get me wrong. Condition is not an easy word to rhyme with. If you're going with yeah. a rhyming scheme, but come on, like don't go condition and condition to me. The repetition I thought would be the one major uh, speed bump for you. Because I know you do get a little bored. I get antsy. But the repetition on this, I think, there is repetition, but it's also varied a bit. You know, like, he, he'll say the same verse two different ways. Right. Like he'll, he'll, it's not the same yeah, paid-by-number verse. That's true. And then it also feels more intentional. Like, yeah. there's, a, okay, when there's repetition for a lazy repetition's sake, I hate mm-hmm. that. Hate it. Yeah. But when there's repetition for intention... When, when there's an intention to the repetition, I can appreciate it. So with this record, the repetition didn't get to me, except for that condition, condition, and then condition, condition part. Mm-hmm. But overall, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem with the repetition all that much because I felt like it was part of a, a theme. I was graced with, uh, in that Why You Like It book that I'm reading currently, Yeah, I was on a chapter of Variation. And like theme and variations. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole little excerpt I took out just in case you were going to come at me. With, <laughs> oh, you had me set up. I was ready. I was this tra- this trap was well cocked, <laughs> and it was it's the variation for the purpose of like a sermon almost. Yeah. How like when when you you give a sermon is you take this piece, you say it. You talk about it. You say it again differently. It has different meaning. You say right. it again. I, I honestly saved this excerpt, and I may cut this out, but I'm gonna I'm gonna read this brief <laughs> excerpt to you real quick. Gotcha. In the West, the template has its roots in the art of rhetoric or persuasion. For example, the medieval ars 
Oh, boy. Ars Predicandi, or the art of giving a sermon from the 12th century, where a preacher is urged to first present an argument from scripture, then reinforce it by amplification, elaboration, and rephrasing. And that's kind of what I got with him, because he would say something, and then he could go right back to it, but it's more aggressive, and it's like, oh, you mean it. You right. mean it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what are your top three tracks? I'm going to, I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to go with three. Okay. Give me number three. Terminated. Wow. Okay. I love the intro to that track. That, I'm a big fan of the yep. intro. And that's, that's what did it for me. That, and I think that's where I got into the layering and that's just where it brought it to the forefront for me. That track in particular made me go back and listen to the first like four tracks over again to see if I could pick up on any of the other layering. And then I'm, I'm I, sure you did. I'm yeah. sure you did oh, yeah. hear the layer. <laughs> for sure. That if, there, if there's one huge takeaway for me from this record is Acacia Strain knows how to layer great sounding things. And Zeus is a master at what he wants oh, yeah. to do. Yeah, there's a lot of records that Zeus produced that I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I ever put two and two together that he did like six or so Hatebreed albums and some of the best Hatebreed albums. I was gonna say the the really good ones. My number two song, number two, is "The Hills Have Eyes." I knew it was gonna be on your list when it was brought up initially because I could see the the that glitter in your eye. You were just <laughs> you you loved this track. I did love this track. And now that you have experienced this, though, I want you to go and watch the the videos. Yeah, especially for "Hills Have Eyes" because you're, you're gonna see the guys in a little bit of a different light. Sure. Because like it's it's that music being played, and I think "Hills Have Eyes" it takes place in a prison. Like it's the whole like prison. Oh, okay. But like comedic prison. Okay. You'll understand when you watch the video. Sure. <laughs> All right. And what's number one? My number one song, The Impaler. Wow. I didn't expect that either. No? No. Those are like, Hills Have Eyes is on my list. Okay. But Impa- Impaler and Terminated, they're not. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I love every yeah. track on this. I knew I could say any, tr- I knew I could say any song and you'd be like, yeah, okay. Any song. I'd be, yeah, I'd be like, oh yeah, I see it. I definitely see it. <laughs> my top are, I don't even write this down. <laughs> Hills Have Eyes. Let's put Hills Have Eyes at three. Okay. Oh, this is where I struggle. Two and one. Oh, it's a toss up. Let's give one to Ramirez and okay. two to, to BTM FDR. I love, I love all those tracks. Occasion Train also does this thing. You'll notice this the, the when we cover other albums. Uh, a lot of opportunities for merch. <laughs> like, ah, just yes. The, the the single the single lines that could yeah. just get thrown on a t-shirt and sell like for a sure. lot of opportunities oh yeah you can pick that up on this record for sure i was like i now that we're talking about merch uh, there's like a line in every single song at least one or two in every song that you can just throw on a shirt and sell for 20 bucks by the way this is also one of the first albums where they experiment with choruses i guess like there's not many choruses on many other acacia strain albums okay so, like, J- Jonestown is a legit chorus, if we're being real. Like, that's yeah. a legit chorus on Jonestown. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, and then other things repeat on here, which could be interpreted as a chorus. Yeah, it depends but... on how you look at a, at a chorus, how you define a chorus. But, yeah, this definitely has, like, those repeatable after every verse type lines. Well, I adore this album. But I need to ask you the question. Sure. Scott, thrown on or grown? This is definitely one of the most violent vulgar heavy records i have ever heard in my life and I, i'm currently looking for a copy but a specific copy there, Ooh, there's which, two, which one there's two variants i saw on discogs there is aqua blue with the smoke swirl in it uh, okay. that looks super rad and then they have another one that's clear vinyl 
with yellow, aqua, and dark blue, I think, swirls in it. And they just look phenomenal. I have the light blue with aqua and red splatter. Okay. Yeah, that was. I think that one's more expensive. On Discogs right now, I think the cheapest one's 50 bucks. Yeah. So the, the ones I talked about, they were on the less expensive side. I think the one I had in my cart was something like $30. I was like, yeah, I could drop $30 on that easy. No problem. Every occasion album is pressed on vinyl, except for their first one. Their first album is the only one that is not. And I was very lucky and I got my 3750 and my dead walk before vinyl blew up again. Oh, nice. Because I'm sure they're expensive. Some of them are fairly expensive right now. Yeah. Wormwood is the only album that I couldn't get for a long time. I just couldn't find it, and I did. I didn't want to pay a hundred dollars for it. Yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, I I like this record, but there's definitely a price value. <laughs> like, I'm not going. I'm not going nuts uh, trying to spend eighty dollars on this record. But if I find a copy that's thirty. 35 around there yeah i'll pick it up yeah the the one that i have there's only 250 copies pressed and i got super lucky it just randomly popped up as a suggestion on on walmart oh that's so wild i I don't know if like prosthetic was selling through walmart because prosthetic is an indie label yeah unless they got bought by somebody i don't know if they did or not right okay so it's own yeah definitely own but if we're talking in terms of heaviest albums you've ever heard it's on the throne a yes that's all I wanted here. If, if we're it. going, if we're going as that being the <laughs> the gauge there, yeah, <laughs> the this, this thing is crazy heavy. That's all I wanted to hear because I I have always known how heavy this album is, and it's hard for me to even explain to people how heavy it is. Yeah, but I knew that if you were in the right mindset, and usually listening to something critically for the show is in the right mindset, you would hear and feel that heaviness. Oh yeah, but I will warn you: if you do get it on vinyl, turn your bass down. Oh, for sure. I, I knew that. I knew that already. All right. So if we're done with um, this album, what's yeah. your record of the week? My record of the week, my palate cleanser of the week, this wild switch up from Acacia Strain uh, is An Evening with Silk Sonic by uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac. I have not listened. Uh, is it is it really good? Okay. One thing I'm going to say about it that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. It's too short. It is It is nine tracks, one of them being an intro with Bootsy Collins introing the band. Okay. Which is wild. He makes a couple of appearances throughout the record and it's great. It's it's funny. But yeah, you're only giving me eight tracks that I've been waiting this like entire year and a half for or whenever uh, that first track came out. But it is so like indulgent. It's so soulful, so funky, uh, classy super full of sass and uh it i don't know there i loved it it was great i'm probably gonna check it out i think bruno mars is unbelievably talented he is super talented and anderson pack on this is great i've never listened to an anderson pack solo project but every time he's on a feature i always appreciate he's it. phenomenal i think i have one of his first records and it's it's pretty good that one has a really long run time though so it kind of I, I get thrown out of it a bit but every time i see him perform with like the free nationals uh, like his backup band or whatever, he's always behind the drum kit. They have an they have an NPR Tiny Desk uh, video up on YouTube. Okay. It is phenomenal, phenomenal, and his his drumming a virtuoso of any kind. But just his ability to feel like to lay down the drums while singing and and performing. I I always am in awe of drummers that can sing or be, yeah. or be the vocalist uh, on their on their own stuff. You had to be blown away by uh, 
<laughs> Atreyu then? Um, actually, for a little bit, I was. I'm yes. not gonna lie. Um, where did you fall? Okay, where did you fall off of Atreyu? Because I have a definite stop point on Atreyu. Also, this last record they just put out without their harsh vocalist. Oh, so you lasted a lot longer than I did. I lasted. I loved Paper Anchor and Let's Sales. Was that that? That's where I fell off. Okay. I, I don't think I don't think it's a bad album. I it's it's an okay album, but after it, I was just like, I'm all right. But I I did love that record. Then they had a really long break, I feel like. And then they came out with a record where I want to say there was like a coffin on the front of it. And I think I kind of fell off there. I think you're thinking of Death Magnetic. That's what you're talking about, Metallica. <laughs> no. I, 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 I need some credit for pulling Death Magnetic. You did very well. I'm proud of you on that one. Because that covers a coffin, right? You are correct. It is. But yeah, I absolutely didn't even give this last record a shot. Oh, In Our Wake is the name of the record that I kind of... Or long live. I love Death Grip on Yesterday, and then after that, I, I they were okay. But Death Grip on Yesterday was their first two albums. Well, I guess it's not even their first two. Their second and third album, right? Isn't the Curse their second album? The Curse is their second one. Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses was their first one. Yeah, I got really into their second and third, and then Paper Anchors next, right? I believe so. Yeah, Lead Sales, Paper Anchor. Yeah, and that's yeah. where I. It's fine. It's a fine album, but it's just kind of where I was like, okay, you're not for me anymore. We're good. Yeah, that's where they went more. Um, I don't want to say radio friendly, but for lack of a better term, softer. They got a little softer. Yeah, one of those songs was on Madden. So yeah, they. Went oh, okay. Yeah, they went there. Um, but yeah, Silk Sonic, <laughs> an evening with Silk Sonic was my record of the week, and I actually like I strung up Christmas lights listening to that record. That kind of music isn't really my go-to ever. I it's think not about for that. me either. It really isn't. Like I'm, I'm an eclectic listener. I yes. I can listen to almost anything, but my go-to isn't '70s soul funk. But this one just has something about it. I love it. Like it, it had me almost. It had me almost dancing. I don't dance. If you wouldn't have told me that it was short, I don't know if I would have tried it. Okay, but because it's short, I can. I'll squeeze that in. Somewhere it feels short shot. too, unfortunately. Okay. Leave the door open. That track is a it's a gem. That thing is a diamond in the rough. We're going Aladdin reference here. I'm 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 writing it down and I'm going to listen to that track. Leave the door open. Dude, phenomenal. That one and uh they're both singles. So leave the door open and then smoking out the window. Whoo. Okay. Boy. Yeah, those two tracks phenomenal. All of all the songs are great. Maybe not the closer isn't, I wouldn't say great, but uh, yeah, those two tracks in particular, those are my jams. All right, I'm going to check it out. My album of the week is, and not not necessarily because of this, but it has to be mentioned, uh, Young Dolph was shot and killed in Memphis this week. Rest in peace. Uh, R.I.P., man. That it, it, that sucks, man. Like it's, sure. he was He was 36. Um, huge indie, like... he He's always been independent. He's put his dudes on. Like, he's done everything that you would expect a, a superstar indie guy to do. Uh, one of his affiliates, Key Glock, put out an album last week, two weeks ago, Yellow Tape 2. It might be considered a mixtape now that I think about it. But mm-hmm. either way, uh, that's my record of the week. Okay. It's it's that Memphis flavor. It's that Memphis style. It's 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 out on Young Dolph's record label, Paper Out Inc. or pa- Paper Out Empire, something like that. Okay. And I, I really enjoyed it. It's... And th- and I listened to it before Young Dolph died, so it wasn't even like influenced by that. Sure, like I I really enjoy the album for what it is. Key Glock isn't Young Dolph. Like I I still absolutely love Young Dolph. If, mm. if you if I mean you know I just got into Young Dolph like a year ago. Yeah, it hasn't been long. 
And that's just my luck that the dude who I got into that I was like, I can't wait to hear all this dude's music for years. And that's, yeah, that's gets it. senselessly murdered. But yeah, that's rough. Uh, yeah. Key Glock's yellow tape too. I mean, not really super. I'm not going to throw singles out at you. It's just a fun, <laughs> it's a fun, nice. If you're into that Memphis sound, you're into that Memphis style and Memphis is different. They have different language. Down there. Yeah. I swear, man. Like, I swear Memphis is different. Yeah, they are. But yeah, Yellow Tape 2 by Key Glock. All right, Scott, what am I listening to for next week? Your, this is crazy because it, it's funny. We talk about our records of the week being like hip hop and funk and soul. Yeah. But we keep going back to guitar music. Because I think we're all, we both are more knowledgeable on it. Yeah. Even though we, we're not dumb on hip hop or so. anything like that. But we, you and I also acknowledge that we are guests in that culture. 100%. So what, when we do, which it sounds like we're going to, it's just no, going to be done not. with much more, <laughs> much more respect whenever we eventually we do. We will do eventually. It. Not this week. Though. Okay. What do I got then? <laughs> this week we're going into my, my super comfort zone. Okay. This week I'm giving you a record that I think I picked up in eighth grade maybe ninth grade you're going to be listening to the suicide machines destruction by definition i had told you of the couple songs that i've knew by suicide machines right. just from compilation albums yep and are any of those tracks on this no those are much okay. later actually this is the suicide machines first studio release as the suicide machines all right um i know how much suicide machines means to you i know it's your comfort zone oh yeah i'm excited for it i haven't i haven't necessarily put them off listening to mm -hmm. i just i just never really got around to it and they were never really one of those bands that popped up i was like oh i gotta check this out even though the name probably would catch me i loved their tracks on those compilation albums well, these dudes are from Michigan, so I was put on to them early, early, early. Yeah. Do you know, do you know any of the dudes from the band? Any of the dudes? Yeah. Or any of the any of the people in the band? I don't know. I don't know who's in the band. We'll we'll get into it next week. But yeah, I've had run-ins with <laughs> okay. dudes from the band. <laughs> okay. So next week, Suicide Machines, Destruction by Definition. Yes, sir. I'm excited. Listen to the album. Don't listen to the album. Yeah, I'm super stoked for you to listen to it. Um, check out our Facebook page, our Facebook group. Uh, are you listening podcast come find us on twitter at ayl pod if you're listening to us you're listening to us either on spotify google podcasts anchor fm or on some kind of web browser so keep doing that that'd be great and i don't know if any of those have the option but if they do rate and review us because yeah, I, I don't from what i understand that helps like, that, that makes thing? the out it makes the out i don't know if it is on spotify i don't know if it is a google podcast i have no idea but if it is on any of the places where you listen, do it because something about it gets us in an algorithm. But again, we also don't give a shit about yeah, not really. That. But it would be cool to have a thumbs up or something. Yeah, I'd be yes. down. I'd be down for a little thumbs up action if there is such a thing. So next week, Suicide Machines, Destruction by Definition. Yes, sir. Scott, thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, brother. Thank you, listeners. Appreciate you, especially if you made it this far. One hundred percent. Are you listening? Are you listening? This thing is crazy heavy.